shape-changing heartthrobs, naive homeless girls, and more mommy issues than money can handle. We had Casey watch Fruits Basket, and we're here to answer the question, was it a kawaii disappointment? All right, everyone, welcome back to Kawaii Disappointment, your weekly journey through the world of anime. I'm your host, producer, and weave of all trades, PJ, and my zodiac sign is the dog. Hi, I'm your secondary weeb, Skylar, and my zodiac animal is the horse. And with us is all Casey, what zodiac sign are you? I'm a Libra. Well, not Libra, Chinese zodiac. Uh, I'm going to assume you're a sheep because we are your shepherds here into the world of anime, Casey. <gasps> Oh my gosh. You know what? My name's Casey, and I'm the basket case that's just a little bit fruity. And if that wasn't enough of a hint, we are watching Fruits Basket this week. Yay. All right, Casey, as per usual, we have sent you the name of the show as well as the poster for season one. So right off the bat, why don't you tell us what you think this show is going to be about? Well, I assume that I maybe had some sort of choice in this um, because... When you think of fruit basket, well, who do you think of? Me. Because I love sending fruit baskets, obviously. That's what I mean by that. I think this show is going to be about, it's going to be about a bunch of kids doing an after-school program where they send fruit baskets to old people because old people need fruit. I love it. So, Casey, looking at the poster, there's a few characters on it. Why don't you tell me who you want to start off uh, talking to us about? Okay, so there's this girl in the front. Um, you maybe know who the character's name is. I don't know what her name is. I feel like it's like a Belinda, maybe. I don't know. So Belinda in the front. What I thought of when I saw her was that she loves Sailor Moon and has just kind of made it her identity uh, because that's what her outfit is very, like, telling me. Like, she is, um, she's a stand for Sailor Moon. Yeah, that's what she invests her her money in. (laughs) Why don't you tell me what you think about this character with the gray hair? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Okay, so the gray-haired boy, he totally works at Abercrombie & Fitch, and he refused to help me one time because he's fatphobic. Interesting, interesting. Oof. That's what he said. That's right. Casey, you are not fat. I'm coming out as fat, you guys. You heard it here. Are you you fat? We're going to have a fat coming out party. Finally. I hope there's food. (laughs) We'll continue clockwise from there. What do you think of this woman in the back with blonde hair? Okay, yeah. The blonde girl, she has a name that's like Apricot. Like that's her name. It's like Apricot. And she bu- she, buy- <laughs> she buys a lot of knockoff jewelry from the thrift store and she wears bird feathers in her hair. You know the type. She's very Kesha. Oh, yeah. We all know the type. She goes to Burning Man every year. Absolutely. Because she wants to be free. We are who we are. She wants to be free. What do you think of this character with the black hair? Oh, the are you talking about the girl in the back? The girl, yeah. We're gonna go clockwise okay. as per usual. I also don't know what clockwise is. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Still doesn't know. <laughs> um, okay, so the girl in the back, I'd be friends with her because uh, in school, like she would have totally let me copy off her biology homework because I was way too lazy to do it. And sh- in return, I would like give her advice <laughs> oh, on maybe no. what she should do with her bangs. So. Like, that's definitely the energy I get from her. Yeah, like, super smart, but, like, reserved, but, like, pretty chill. Yeah, it's basically the plot of Wicked. I and She is Elphaba, and I am Glinda, full on. I'm helping her become popular. <laughs> what do you think about this guy with the black hair? Oh, the guy with the black hair? Okay, let, I'm trying to reach a certain audience with this comment. 
I feel like he reminds me of like the Undertaker's ministry in WWE circa like 1999. Full on maybe was like he was just because he's wearing all yeah, black. Absolutely. Or maybe he's a druid for the Undertaker. It's big Undertaker vibes, like for sure. All right, he's uh, he's like Paul Bearer's assistant. He's, yeah, he's the assistant to the assistant, basically. <laughs> he's assistant to the assistant to the assistant Full manager. On. <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, and finally, what do you think about this guy with the orange hair? Okay, so the orange hair guy is in the closet, and he's likely going to date um, that girl in the front, um, Belinda. But like after high school, he's going to tell her, like, I had no idea, but like, I think I'm in love with men. And she's going to be, like, shocked. But then in, like, hindsight, we're going to realize, like, he was obsessed with Chris O'Donnell and Batman and Robin and, like, can recite the words to Charlie's Angels Full Throttle. So totally that energy. It's a real Will and Grace kind of scenario. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's full on Will and Grace. Well, Casey, we have your predictions of the plot that it's going to be an after school program where students send out fruits baskets to people. And we have your predictions on the characters and some of their names. So we are going to take a break, have you watch episode one and two of Fruits Basket, and we'll be back with your thoughts and your opinions. Yay. I thought you were going to say your thoughts and your prayers. (laughs) That too. With your thoughts and prayers. We wish you all (laughs) the best in your future endeavors. Gossip Girl. Girl. (laughs) All right. Stay tuned, everyone. We'll be right back. He's a princess, cool, and he ain't no fool. He's the most beautiful guy. He makes me drool. We all love him, and we worship that seat. Try to paint him, and you'll suffer great defeat. Prince Yuki! Hi! Are you in love with Prince Yuki? Do you long to be held in his arms? Do you want to dress him up in pretty dresses? Do you hate loser Toru Honda because she always hangs around him even though he clearly hates her? Do you wish to protect his purity at all costs? then you should join the Prince Yuki fan club. We meet every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday in class 21B. We hope to see you there. All right, everybody. We're back from watching episode one and two in Fruits Basket. Now, Casey, the energy from this anime is so much different from the other two animes that we saw. How do you feel about that? Definitely. I felt like this was kind of like, not like a soap opera, but like, I don't know. It was very romantic and like, feelings based and whereas the other ones I don't know it's more about like it's more of like a hero situation and this one was felt like very I don't know romantic does that make sense yes so the interesting thing is the two other animes that we've seen those are both considered shonen animes and this is your first kind of experience during this podcast watching a shoujo anime which is for young women like young girls yeah, like literally shonen translates to young boy and shoujo translates to young girl. And those are the marketed audiences for the products. I was wondering. <laughs> okay, so we're just going to jump into it. If you guys want to give me any comments, jump in. People in America, we call it Fruits Basket. In Japan, it's Fruitso Basu Kettle <laughs> or Furuba. A lot of people refer to it as Furuba. It is by Mangaka Natsuki Takeya. The series went from 1998 and 2006. And then an anime series was created in 2001. They only did one season of it. So it was very kind of disappointing. Honestly, the art was a little unattractive. But people love it. They have a huge soft spot for it in their hearts. And then April of last year, 2019... 
a reboot or a remake of it came out directed by Yoshida Ibarra. So we begin the episode with an image of God surrounded by animals, and it's really cute. And then it cuts to Toru Honda, a high school girl living in a tent in the woods, when she passes by a nearby house and is drawn in when she sees a cute mini Zodiac set. While looking, she meets the home's owner, Shigure Soma, after discussing the Zodiac and how she feels bad for the cat. Shigure asks her, what do you mean? And he's like, oh, okay. He seems surprised that she actually knows what it is. Basically, a very, very, very mean rat tricks the cat and tells him that the banquet that God is having for all the animals is the day after than it actually is supposed to be. So the cat ends up not going, and all the other animals go. And even jumps into the fact that the rat rode the back on the cow and then jumped off so that he would be first in line. Because the cat missed the banquet, God did not let him be part of the Zodiac. Did you know the story at all before this, Casey? No, but I did recently watch the movie The Zodiac Killer, so there's that. (laughs) That is actually the live-action remake of this show. (laughs) Today's episode is The Zodiac Butchering. (laughs) Oh my god. She then encounters Yuki Soma, her classmate, the prince of the school, and who is also Shigure's cousin that also lives with him. I I love the way that he's introduced because it's... Shigura starts being a little bit of a perv towards Toru, and before anything happens, he just gets a, like a backpack to the head as Yuki shows up to basically be like, I'm sorry for him. He's kind of a perv. Yes. And he even makes a comment about the two dictionaries he packed. I guess you could say that cousin is a dog. Uh-huh. See what I did there? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, Yuki then accompanies Toru to school. When she is harassed by some of Yuki's admirers until she is saved by her friends, Arisa, Utani, and Saki Hanajimi. I really, like, I love the, I don't know, just all the girls in the school are like completely obsessed with Yuki. Like to the point that the second that they were both laid at the same time, they were all all up over her and ready to like gut her. Full on. Yeah, it gets pretty intense. Yeah, Marani had definitely bad, big bad B energy for sure. During cooking class, her friends comment on how it's strange Toru came to school with Yuki. They continue to discuss his strange behavior, such as his strange waves, mysterious vibes, and how he pushed a girl away when she tried to hug him. Casey, what did you think about waves? What did you think that was referencing to? Um, I don't know, but what I was thinking about is, like, I relate to the energy of pushing away uh, opposite sex people away from me. I relate to that a lot. Uh, she could feel people's waves, and it's basically she could feel their energy and their thoughts. So she's essentially like psychic, but she can basically read ener- people's energy and their waves, and it's a whole thing. She's psychic. Yeah, she could shock people. Hanajima is definitely the spooky goth girl who has seen the craft way too many times. 100%. Basically. Toru is then invited to go out with her friends, but she declines their offer as she has to work to save up for college. After school, Yuki walks Toru to her work. The conversation turns dark as Yuki discusses the history of the Zodiac and expresses hatred for the cat. So yeah, he hates the cat. Everything changes like tone-wise. Toru then remembers her early life and how hard she had to work to help support her mom after her dad died. Until her mom died in a terrible accident. That night after work, Yuki and Shigure see Toru returning to the tent. 
They then learn that she originally was living with her grandfather after her parents passed away, but her grandfather's house is currently under renovations, and she does not want to impose herself on her other relatives or friends. I like when you kind of go into the tent with her. It's very decked out, first of all. Like, if you just saw that interior shot, you wouldn't know it was a tent. But I think it's so, like, sad and heartbreaking that she, like, still talks to her mom's picture. Like, I don't think it's weird or anything. I just, I don't know. It was very heartbreaking that she just talks to her like she's still there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know what the plus side is about the situation she's in? Is that at least she's the only tenant in her home. You know, like, tenant. See, I've got two puns on this <laughs> episode. Uh, you know... Casey, I'm going to tentatively say that was an all right joke. Okay. <laughs> Casey, Casey, I don't need you to get intense about this. Oh my God. There's a divorce on the horizon. <laughs> Things are getting tense oh in this gosh. house. Oh my God. <laughs> um, okay, so Toru begs them to allow her to stay in the tent on their land, but collapses with the fever. And I would just like to say before this... When Yuki and Shigure like happen upon her and she kind of pokes out, Shigure just <laughs> cracks up laughing. Like, yeah, he there's thinks no it's sympathy. So funny. He thinks it's the funniest thing on earth that this poor girl has to live in a tent, and he's laughing like for a while, like well into them taking her into their home. Yeah, he's a classist ass for that. But I mean, poverty is funny. Am I right? <laughs> the bourgeoisie. Nothing better than laughing at the poor. <laughs> the simple pleasures. <laughs> Shortly after, her tent is crushed in a landslide. And um, it's very interesting how they show this. Basically, a dog howls and then Shigure just knows. Yeah, I really, it was very suspicious. Everything, I mean, obviously, as we go through the episode, you find out what's happening and why everything's going on. But it's all very suspicious really on where it's like, he just looks up, here's a wolf. And he's like, yes, a disaster has occurred. <laughs> Full on. Um, and then we kind of have the moment where she, that's when the fever overtakes her and they kind of realize it. And then as Yuki goes to find ice and a medical kit, uh, they open the door to the kitchen and it's it's disgusting. It definitely looks like an episode of Hoarders. Yeah, they just kind of make it into a punchline. But the chaos of that is what kind of leads to some things later on. You know what's kind of interesting, uh, Skylar, is that like, it's when she's like waking up from that like fever she was in. It's just funny throughout the episode you see she has like these random like moments of taking a stand about like her own situation. She's like, it's okay that I live in a tent and it's totally fine. And this is what I wanted. And I'm on my own. It's just the funniest thing to see throughout the episode. Well, she's just, you know, she's trying to be strong. She, she just doesn't want to impose herself on anybody. So anytime anyone's like, you're homeless. She's like, no, I'm fine. Because she just like, doesn't want them to take pity on her and like, you know, right. It's me before therapy for sure. I was like, she's really optimistic and she's just, she's been handed a bad deck of cards. Shortly after her tent is crushed in the landslide, Toru spends the night in Shigure's house. She tells him how she will forever regret that day her mom died because Toru was too tired to say, see you when you get back. That's such unnecessary guilt for someone to take on in the pills, but like, that's totally realistic. Like, I know plenty of people that have, like, intense survivor's guilt for, like, something that is completely out of their control. Yeah, it's really sad. Maybe she wouldn't have even liked that greeting anyways. Maybe she should have done, like, a see you later. Like, I don't know. 
That would have changed Alligator. everything. Yeah, exactly. In a wild Ooh. crocodile. And that's when you find out that her mom, her mom was the alligator zodiac. <laughs> <laughs> Full on. No wonder she couldn't drive that car. She was an alligator. There you go. Too soon. Just kidding. As she sleeps, Yuki articulates to Shigure that he is able to relate to her background with him thinking he had broken free of the other Somas. But he's not really. Leaving to take things from here, he intends to dig up the landslide. He will not be alone and will have plenty of help as his eyes shine purple and a mass of rats appear. What did you think at this part, Casey? (laughs) Yeah, I was scared. This reminds me, I went, one time I went to, one time I went to New York and I was riding the subway and I had seen rats on the tracks and that terrified me. So to see a guy who had basically weird rat powers where thousands of rats would appear behind him basically gave me the heebie-jeebies. I was going to say, with like, because at this point you're not really given any like context to any supernatural you know, happenstances later on. So, like, yeah, it it's weird. I just thought it was going to be, like, Zardulu. Do you guys remember Zardulu? Or did you guys ever hear about Zardulu? No. Sounds like a magician. Zardulu is this, like, performance artist in New York that has, like, trained an army of rats. Oh. And there's a big speculation and a lot of conspiracy theories that every, like, viral rat post is actually part of Zardulu's art. So, like, Pizza Rat was apparently trained by Zardulu, and, like, Selfie Rat was apparently trained by Zardulu. Zardulu sounds like a clout oh chaser, God. though, just to be honest, trying to take credit for all these poor rats' hard work. Yeah. Well, if anyone wants to learn more about the about Zardulu, listen to the Reply All episode on Zardulu. <laughs> okay. PJ is being sure controlled to... by Zardulu now, just so you guys know. Ooh. I am Zardulu. <laughs> I knew it. Does he make any money? If so, where's she our money? She doesn't. I oh, don't think. she, my bad. She's just wow. a performance artist. Okay. Misgendering Zardulu, Skylar, really? Shut up, Casey. <laughs> I know you were thinking the same thing. I could feel it. It's Zardulu, the mythmaker. <laughs> Interesting. I can feel your waves, Casey. I, oh, I can feel your waves, Case. Well, it's a heavy month. You should feel them. A dreaming Toru recalls her mother noting she has a fever and remembers her advice for Toru to live life at her own pace while recalling a moment from her childhood involving her and an unknown boy. Yugi excavates Toru's possessions, including the photo of her mom, and Toru accepts Yuki and Shugure's offer to live temporarily with them. During this scene, it's it's really cute because you really see that Toru doesn't want to burden them. They really have to convince her to live with them. She is such a simp, as the kids say. Also, that's not what simp means, Casey. Um, <laughs> you're Skylar, wrong and you're she's old. She's a simp, as my Gen Z friends would say. She's a total simp. You know, everyone calls her Simpu Honda. <laughs> oh my God, Simpu Honda uh, Odyssey. Yeah. Casey, do you know what a simp is? I have no idea. I'm just trying to be young and relatable. Yeah, we get to <laughs> dab on those haters, Casey. <laughs> and I oop. <laughs> wow. Okay. This is fire. <laughs> While moving her things to her room, Yuki is attacked by his cousin, Kyo. And you know what? Actually, you see him a little bit before this. Like as they're walking up the stairs, if you're paying attention to the background, he's just awkwardly standing in the tree in the window as you're going upstairs. <laughs> So he's a stalker. Yeah. And he proves to be dangerous. So yeah. Yuki's attacked by his cousin Kyo, who suddenly appears to challenge him to a fight. Amidst the commotion, Toru ends up slipping 
And then she accidentally embraces Kyo, who then turns to a cat. It's very traumatic for her. What did you think when this happened? I was thinking, oh my gosh, is this now... First of all, I thought, great, now there's another guy in the triangle that she's going to want to get tag teamed by. But also I thought, is this like technically going to be bestiality or not? Because like... They are animals, but they're not. I don't know. That's what I was thinking. She seemed really surprised by that. In her confusion while holding Kyo as a cat, she bumps into Yuki and Shigure, who then turn into a rat and a dog. And it's this very, again, just adding to the confusion for her. And then it closes out the episode. They're real cute as animals. They're super cute as animals. Yeah, super cute. That's funny. She doesn't just trip into them. Like, I think it's something like where she's walking from the destruction that Kyo did to the ceiling, like another piece of wood or like a brick or something just falls on her head. Oh, yeah. And, and she that's falls. why she falls forward. <laughs> what do you think of episode one, Casey? Episode one was really, uh, really fun. Like I said, it was a huge adjustment, I guess, compared to the last two animes we watched. But no, it was it was really fun. Um, it was just so beautiful like visually stunning i really appreciated um just the way just like how the animals were drawn and like how the city was drawn and just the characters i really enjoyed it i nothing but uh nice things like i said might not be like my type of anime i can tell so far but um i really enjoyed uh the fun different type that we were exploring oh so we jump into episode two they're all animals Title of the episode. A shocked Toru is beside herself that her new friends have turned into animals. She's holding all three of them, goes downstairs because there's a knock at the door. There's a delivery man. She's trying to articulate that these are animals. And he goes, yeah, you're right. Those are animals. And then Shigure uses a stamp to accept the package. And he just thinks it's cute. He just thinks that it's a well-trained dog. Shigure explains that apart from himself, Yuki and Kyo and 10 other members of the Soma family are possessed by animal spirits of the Chinese Zodiac. Whenever they feel weak, stressed, or embraced by someone of the opposite gender, they transform into those animals. And when they transform back, they're completely naked. And that's when they pop back into their human forms. It's, it's pretty so funny. immediate. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen that porn before. Yeah, same. <laughs> Oh, no. But, you know, it's so funny because Toru is so innocent and she, like, literally, the first time really getting to know all of them, just immediately sees all of them naked. Yeah. While Toru digests the information, Yuki and Kyo bicker, and Kyo blames them for letting a girl into their home. Angered, he punches the table, accidentally causing one of the ends to hit Toru in the forehead and making her bleed. What a goddamn Kyle. Just, like, so, so many anger issues. So much destruction of property unnecessarily. Keo is super close to Kyle in general. As Honestly, a name. yeah. It's just missing two letters. He should be wearing sunglasses and a shirt that says monster. I was or just Manindu. I was just gonna say he had just pounded back a monster before he destroyed that table. <laughs> God dang. Uh, I really got yeah, it's so funny because you think he just broke it and then it just slowly reveals that she's bleeding from her forehead. <sighs> And, I mean, it's good, though, because Kyo, he does feel kind of immediately bad, but, like, you just slaps. The, he, he doesn't like, just slap him. He just, like, backhands him. He pimp slaps him. <laughs> and then Yuki challenges him to a fight that he wins. And it's an intense fight. Like, it's it's a good fight. Put money I mean, on I'd that hardly fight. Call, 
I'd hardly call it a fight. It was a it was an ass whooping. Yeah, it was a beat down. Yeah, animals that can fight, animorphs could never. Honestly, dog fights. That's what we should do next. <laughs> no. It's just Michael Vick in the corner, like watching them fight. There's Michael Vick in the corner. <laughs> There's him in the spot light. What if we had people with like dog names fight each other? That way it's not like unethical. It's not like cute little puppers fighting. It's just you got Snoop Dogg versus little Bow Wow. You could cut this out, PJ. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I might keep that in. <laughs> I like it. Toru realizes that they're running late for school and school's super important. So she needs to head out. Sugar Ray lets them know that he has to meet with the head of the family and explain the situation. As soon as he says that, everyone gets super dour. Yeah. Which, I mean, obviously, we've already established that Yuki is clearly trying to be removed from the Somas in episode one. So probably that has something to do with why his mood, his mood changes so instantly. Exactly. Also, can we just talk about real quick when Shigure is putting the bandage on... Toru, it's like super, like, like he like grabs her chin super seductively. It's very sexual. Oh, I was literally going to say like, oh, it was cute and doting. And I was just like, oh, no. (laughs) Yuki is concerned that her memory would be erased by the order of the family head, Akira Soma. But Shigure does not believe the situation is the same as the previous incident when a younger Yuki had turned into a rat while playing with friends. At school, the Yuki fangirls bother Toru and Hana chases them away. Yuki later asks Toru if she told her friends their secret and explains that people who find out about the curse have their memories removed. You know, I love when he's kind of questioning her about them about the secret no she thinks it's about like them walking there and her living with them like she's so oblivious like she's so innocent that she doesn't even think that the secret is that they are zodiac animals like she's just like i don't i didn't tell anyone that we're living together i don't want people to get the wrong idea and he's like that's not what i'm talking about then he has a memory of what we can assume is the family head saying that they're disgusting and sickening and anyone that sickening 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 Anyone that sees them would be sickened by what they are. Been there. When he asks her if she's sickened, she just changes like, no, I'm not sick anymore. Like, it doesn't even occur to her to have any negative feelings towards them. I do appreciate that they are practicing the ancient art of snitches get stitches. (laughs) Hell yeah. Well, snitches get their minds erased. That too. Toru, sensing his stress, accidentally hugs him, turning into a rat in the middle of the classroom. She needs to stop touching the rat boy. Can she stop touching the rat boy, please? <laughs> How could she? I wouldn't be able to stop touching the rat boy. Are you a Yuki fangirl? Are you going to? No. Because <laughs> Casey's No, like, no. She Answer the question, PJ. Him? Are you a Yuki fangirl? <laughs> no. Are you sickened? Casey, are you, <laughs> are you sickened? a Yuki stan? You know, the Yuki stands get upset. Casey, are you a Yuki stan? I am um, not. I have not found. I mean, is uh, which which one's the orange haired one? I'm more of a fan of the cat guy. That's cute. Yeah, I'm more with him now. So very very similar to the early 2000s for Twilight, where people were Team Jacob and Team Edward. There's definitely a Team Yuki and a Team Kyo, and I'm happy, so happy to welcome you to the best side. Yay! I love that for us. 
Yeah, I, I, he has a better grasp of boundaries than like the other guy does. Like, I'm sorry. I love that he's the Yuki guy is like, cause that's the gray haired one, right? Yeah. Like, I love that he's so like generous and like, let's have her come to my house or whatever, blah, 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 blah. It's okay. Like, whatever. But I know, like, I'm real. I'm territorial. I'm like the cat guy. Like, lady, you better back up. Don't be coming after me trying to hug me. Be all up in my <laughs> face like that. Uh-uh. Right. She'll be sad, but she'll accept it. She does have one request, which is that Yugi remains friends with her, even if her memories are wiped. She settles for so little. <laughs> the bar is low, but you know, she has nothing, so. I was about to say, you could tell by the entirety of her life up to this point that she settles for very little. Yeah. Yuki is touched by Toru's request and is surprised she isn't disgusted by him. Later, Toru comes home to Kyo in her room, fixing the roof. He tries to apologize, but his awkwardness around girls leads him to yell angrily at Toru. This is something that we just keep saying. He can't stop yelling. Well, because he's about to finish apologizing. It's already hard enough, but the second that Shigure is like, we're home, he's like, I'm out of here. Yeah. Elton John was um, right. Sometimes sorry is the hardest word. <laughs> Shigure arrives home, announcing that the family head has permitted Toru to live with them and keep her memories. Much to Toru's relief, in order to not be a burden, she cleans the kitchen and makes a delicious meal. This is the part where Yuki is like, oh my god, we have a rice maker? They also show it earlier when she's at her work and she's just like powering through cleaning an entire hotel. And then just here, like, in a day, she cleaned, like, the worst-looking kitchen I've ever seen. Like, she's just a powerhouse cleaner and cook. She's just born to be a housewife. Yeah. Same. Just kidding. Has anybody else from the first episode and the second episode been craving rice after seeing this? Like, the rice looks so beautiful in these episodes. Yeah. I completely understand. That's, like, uh, how you crave Chipotle anytime you watch David Dobrik. That's just good marketing, baby. <laughs> I get the same way when I watch Pippi Longstocking, you know, the 90s movie. Like, because when she makes pancakes, that's, candy like... Candy canes. What? Candy canes? I've never seen Pippi Longstocking. Never mind. Ignore the candy cane. Yeah. Anyways, Pippi Longstocking, pancakes, everything. Just saying. Well, I mean, it's, it's funny you mention that, because, like, rice... Well, Rice Balls has, like, a very big theme in this anime. Uh, so Shigure comes home with an angry Kyo, and when they ask why he's so angry, it turns out Shigure tricked him in taking an entrance exam for Yuki and Toru's school, which pisses off Yuki. Yeah, school sucks. Is that not the message here? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, guys, I, there's one message I want to deliver from this message, uh, from this show, this episode. Um, it's that school is stupid and you should drop out immediately. Is that is that right? I think so. School's for losers. You heard it here. So basically, we learned that Kyo, he had been off training, so he's not really used to a school environment. Kyo then shouts at Toru again, and she reflects on how after so many years of wanting to be the cat, she finally meets him, and he hates her. Yeah, it's very poetically bittersweet. <laughs> Meowza. <laughs> Meow. In school, Kyo becomes very uncomfortable. He's feeling very overwhelmed. A girl is trying to greet him, and it looks like she's about to get kind of in for a hug, and he just, like, pins her to the ground. That's, a, that's like some Brazilian jiu-jitsu moves right there. Yeah. He then 
proceeds to jump out the window and it's it's like what a third story drop and he dropped three or four stories yeah yeah so everyone's freaking out they think this new kid is about to off himself and then he just lands on his feet and his front arms like a cat jumping down from a tree just like a cat I I knew you. I knew you knew. Toru follows him and finds him arguing with Yuki and accidentally turns him into a cat, causing Kyo to lash out in anger again. Toru just can't stop turning these boys into animals. (laughs) She has a real problem with touching these boys. I think we just. (laughs) Oh no, Michael Jackson. Um, Skylar. (laughs) (laughs) Not the Michael Jackson Skylar. I think we just have to really make sure that people don't forget that there is a curse on these men. And yeah. The curse on these men is that they keep getting inappropriately touched by this girl. Toru kind of leaves like in utter shock. Just like, oh no, I've literally led him to max rage. (laughs) Which I love that that's the term is max rage. (laughs) I just like thought an of like, drink. like an energy drink, Max Rage. That's oh, the type of energy so, drink that a Kyle would drink. I was going to say, so Kyle has monster energy on his shirt, and then Keo should have Max Rage energy on his shirt. Exactly. After school, Kyo asked Shigure to let him leave because he just keeps hurting Toru on accident, both emotionally and sometimes physically. Shigure gives him some advice and encouragement. And in an act of atonement, Kyo escorts Toru back home from her part-time job. Um, And this part is great because she's kind of within herself thinking about how she just keeps messing things up and how she just keeps rubbing him the wrong way. And that's why he's so mad at her. And it's a problem with her. And then she hears some rustling and her first go-to is, oh no, a pervert. And at least she has the thought to try to defend herself. Where oh she, yeah, for sure. And she slams her bag upside Kyo's head. So he can't catch a break either. Yeah, she. of course she would like defense mechanism is to attack perverts. This is the girl we just discussed is inappropriately touching these boys. She knows, she knows what to watch out for. <laughs> Takes one to know one, you she know what I mean? She needs to take a good look in the mirror. I was over here thinking you were going to be like, yeah, he snuck up on her. But nope, that's, that was a 180 <laughs> on my part. Welcome to Taurus America. We don't believe victims anymore. He offers an awkward apology and Toru expresses her love for the cat, the Chinese Zodiac. And it's so cute. You see him blush because she just put the word love and then she tells him she really wants to be friends. And Kyo doesn't have any friends. They allude to that. That, like, he is the outsider because he's the cat. That's the end of episode two. So, Casey, what did you think of episode two? It was really nice to see the development between Honda, as what's what I'm going to call her from now on, Honda and Orange Hair Cat. Um, <laughs> I enjoyed um, seeing him open up at the end. I thought that was really nice. And like I said, I felt like it was, even though he's so awkward, it feel, felt like it was just more organic I guess you know what I mean like where the other ones I feel like they were I mean not that that's not the case always where people are always so open but to see like a relationship where one of them you know they have like these issues and a different personality that isn't so easily accessible I don't know I really enjoyed that part of the episode this might be a a window into why you have such toxic relationships Casey Alexa play toxic by Britney Spears I know what you're thinking I said Alexa guess what I moved it out of the room this episode I'm toxic. Okay. Anyways, continue on. So, Casey, 
uh, now that we have your thoughts on episode one and two and just kind of your thoughts on this on the show as a whole let's talk about one of Skylar's favorite things of uh, any anime the intro and outro so Casey what did you think of the intro song for this show which we only heard in episode two because it wasn't in episode one yes which is titled again by Beverly I really loved the intro I I wrote down for this, I was like, the opening is like a late 90s piano ballad. I said, Mariah Carey needs to do the song for the movie. And that's who I'm pitching this for, for this episode. I know, I, I you know what I mean? I also got intense Mariah Carey vibes, especially like the whistle note at the end. I was like, this is a Mariah Carey song. It needs oh, to be. It's so good. For the movie, Mariah, if you're out there, check this out. The closing song is titled Lucky Ending by Vic Blanca. The outro, um... I thought it was just very romantic and beautiful. I I think like if it was, you know, 2 a.m. under normal circumstances, I think I would definitely hear this at like a piano bar with some girl crying trying to sing this at the uh, the piano bar for sure. What did you think of the visuals? You got to see a lot of the other Soma family members and obviously a little bit of allusions to what animals they portray. Yeah, that was it was nice to just get a little introduction to maybe the other characters I'm going to get to see. I'm excited to see more of them. That's what it made me feel. All right, Casey, if you had to give us a prediction for what you think the entire rest of the series uh, would be about, why don't you give that to us right now? I'm glad you asked, PJ. Um, I think the rest of the series is going to be about which one of the animals the girl is going to hook up with. Honestly, after episode two, I'm really not sure which one of them it's going to be. It could be one of them. It could be two of them. It could be all of them. Who knows? She may be that kind of girl. She may be that kind of chick. I think also maybe she's going to find out that she's an animal or like her friends are going to be an animal or animals or whatever. There might be a tie in that with them. I think maybe her mom is an alligator. <laughs> or just some sort of animal. So, she's alive. A dead alligator? I think the idea that she's actually descendant from one of the zodiacs would actually be really interesting. I like I like your theories, Casey. Yeah, her mom is definitely a pair of dead alligator boots now. My favorite type of dead alligator boots is dead mom alligator boots. Who doesn't? Lugs makes those. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Casey. With all of that in mind, we're going to have you watch a playlist that we have curated of little moments here and there that we think will give you some additional context to the show, as well as maybe make you even more excited to watch it. So we are going to take another quick break to show Casey that, and we will see you all real soon. Don't you really want to know? I just want to know if Prince Yuki and I will ever get married. No. Everyone, please stop calling and asking me this. Well, what do you know? The waves can reveal things that you will never see by yourself. Hello, Madam Hanajima. I just wanted to see if your psychic waves can predict if Yuki and I will have three children or four. None. You will never end up with Yuki. Please. I have actual psychic powers. Can someone with a real question call in? Call me now for your wave reading unless you want to know about Yuki. Then please do not call. Konnichiwa, my fellow weebs. Skylar here, your favorite tsundere shark. Thank you for listening to our Sad Boy Shoujo podcast. We really appreciate all of you listening to our podcast. We may not be as rich as the Soma family, but we have way more podcast listeners than them. Take that, Akido. You know what else we'd like to have more of than them? Followers. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Pod. Find us on Facebook by searching at Pod or Disappointment Podcast. Or go to our website, kawaii-disappointment.pinecast.co for links to those socials as well as our episodes. 
even cooler than following us is telling your friends about us. You want to be cool, don't you? A few notes for this episode. We have new mics, but we're still figuring them out. So please bear with us as we continue to get better and better. Later on in the episode, I refer to the Monkey Zodiac member as Renge, which I meant to say Ritsu. I have brought great shame upon this podcast, and I apologize profusely. Next week, we'll be back with a brand new episode as we celebrate the season of scares by having Casey and PJ watch Tokyo Ghoul. We hope you'll join us. All right, we're back. And Casey, we had you watch a playlist full of some videos of other openings, other moments from the show. You got to see some of the other characters. Tell me now with all of that additional context, what do you think of the show? Oh my gosh, it's emotional and beautiful. And um, I, I I was just like touched watching the journey of the characters. And um, I do still think that Homegirl really needs to learn personal space because she keeps running into everybody or hugging them or something. And she's basically outing this whole family of like animal people. <laughs> but by um, season two, <laughs> by season two, it's not really a problem anymore. Yeah, but it's beautiful though. I I really do enjoy. Um, kind of. I feel like she is um kind of like this piece of humanity that she's kind of bringing to these people who've probably felt so ostracized as animals from either their families or society or whatever. So it's really lovely to see. You are 100% hitting the nail on the head on what her importance to that family is. Yes. Um, you saw a lot of clips of some of the other characters. Tell me, did you come out with a new favorite after all of those clips? No, I still like love like the tortured guy, but I'll I will Keo. say yeah, Keo. But I will say I as far as like all the animals, like I did think that the boar was cutest in animal form. Just my opinion. Yeah, I love her, and I love her <laughs> in her animal form. My favorite character is Haru. Ugh. He is uh God, he is so hot, but he's also just got like the best heart. Yes. Oh my God. He had very very sexual energy. Oh. <laughs> Um, Haru has like two facets to himself, um, where it's, he's like really calm and serene and nice. And then there's, uh, dark Haru who just wants to up and he's mean. I really thought you were going to say dark Haru who just wants to. That's also true. That's He becomes really, really flirty towards women. Interesting. Tyler, who's your favorite? Okay, so obviously, like, Kyo, because I love him. I would say, like, a secret favorite is um, Renge, because he's just a fucking mess. He's the monkey that is, like, always saying sorry and freaking out. He's great. Probably my favorite, after this long journey of thinking about it, is Momiji. I knew it was Momiji. Momiji's in my top five for sure. Yeah, you you always see me get really emotional when it comes to Momiji. Well, because he's like the cutest, but he also has like the most tragic story. Yeah. Just like you, Skylar. <laughs> Maybe Rin has the more tragic story. I don't know. Rin does have a... Oh, yeah. Well, you know what? They all have very tragic backstories in one way or another. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it seems like... All of these characters have mommy issues, and I really hope they get the help that they need. Well, you know, it's actually, it's really interesting, because I think it's part of, like, the curse, and Sky, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's part of the curse where when you're born as a Zodiac, your mother, or I guess your parents, but it's more so your mother, either just has, like, this instinctive need to love and protect you, or they hate you. They hate that they birthed this abomination, and either want to kill you or they want to kill themselves. It's true. There's... 
a lot of uh, just like real life a lot of suicide um yeah exactly and like the people that like love and want to protect it's very suffocatingly overbearing and it really affects the the children in a very negative way yeah it's 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 trauma no matter what uh trauma all right casey so we're gonna ask you the question we ask you every episode do you think you're gonna continue watching this show you know i have to be honest um, I'm not emotionally stable enough to watch the rest of this show. <laughs> um, I thought it was really good. That is totally fair. That's right. Valid. 100%. Like, especially seeing some of the clips come afterwards. I'm like, no, this isn't, I'm not okay. Like watching more of it, but it, not that it's not good. It's just like, no, I can't watch it. I, I will be in. in yeah. Tears. Like it's something where like, maybe when you're in a better place emotionally one day, like you'll be like, oh, fruits basket. But yeah, it, it can be quite the ride. Yeah, it, 2030 is looking like a better time. So we'll give that a tentative maybe one day. <laughs> so Casey, we have a rare opportunity here with this anime because this is the first anime we're watching that is a remake. So we wanted to show you some pictures of the original art style versus what it looks like now and get your thoughts on it. We've seen those pictures now. Tell me what you think. Well, obviously, it shows how far like we've come in terms of like animation. I think... like. If I'm looking at both, like, side by side, obviously, like, obviously the the original has, like, a nostalgic feeling of that sort of animation. But the one now is just um, so beautiful and much, much more, um, like, visually stunning, more, more soothing, I guess. That is a phenomenal opinion, Casey. I'll share mine. I hate the original art style. Yeah. I second that. I hate the original anime style. And people will die for this anime. And I don't get it like i understand the love for it i think it's ugly i think the voice acting's bad i i just i hate it i hate it so much and the color is so flat like there's no dimensions to it wow original fruit basket found scalped wig snatched (laughs) wig snatched (laughs) all right well we are coming towards the end of our episode which means it is time for America's favorite podcast segment. Is there an AMV of that? Woo! Yay! Casey, you know the drill. We need an artist and a song, and we're gonna we're gonna do some research. Honestly, the song that comes to my mind is Katy Perry's Hot and Cold. I don't know why, but that's what I'm going Ooh. with. All right, Casey. We found four, but Woo! only one is actually from the new anime, which is disgustingly disappointing but that's still full points right there baby that's a three-pointer i'm the kawaii desu master (laughs) well we do have a secret fourth point that we do every episode skylar is there an amv of evanescence's bring me to life and you know what i'll even add my own spin on it is there specifically at least three of kyo (laughs) 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. We got 20. And it, based off the thumbnail, it looks like a lot of them are a cursed cat Kyo. Wonderful, wonderful. This is a full four pointer for Katy Perry's Hot and Cold and Fruits Basket. Yay. Woo. You know, I wonder if we'll ever get to the point where we actually pick. Because like when we talk about who should theme, sing the theme song, will we ever actually ask Amy Lee to sing a theme song for one of these episodes? Oh my god! Well, that was our that was our hashtag last week, which was ever uh, you know Evanescence anime ops only. 
All right. But unfortunately, that is all we have for you guys this week. Um, we hope you join us again next Monday for a brand new episode of Kawaii Disappointment. As always, I have been PJ. And I've been Skylar, and I hate that damn rat. And Sagoy, it's been Casey. Ooh. And we hope your week isn't a Kawaii Disappointment. 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 Woo. Tune in. <laughs> I hated that. 